0: Greetings to each of you this evening. It's good to be with you here this evening and be part of this plans this weekend. My wife and I were discussing a little bit on the way here. I think it's been a little over three years since I was here, and time keeps moving on. We... um, of course, had the pandemic, and the border was shut, and how that went, but um, I thought about that, and the life goes on, your life goes on, mine goes on, and I, uh, I'm grateful that God has led you as a congregation to this point in church life, and I want to just give you my blessing in that, and I think Heartland always will have a spot in my heart. I think for the times that I came, a lot of good memories, and in that, and I, I have an interest in the success and the well-being of the church here going forward, and we'll pray to that end. And also want to say that my involvement this weekend, I want to be completely open and and. Integrity will be in place, and I'm sure it's a desire of all of us. You know, we come to a a, a weekend like this, a time where choosing of a leader, and of course this weekend it's specifically of choosing a uh, brother to fill the office of bishop, and I like Brother Steve's thoughts there about the faith and that, that second song that we sang Faith is a Power I, I thought about that and I've, I've been involved in ordinations and uh, helped with ordinations and you know ordination is a work of faith it really is it takes faith um, but that's second song that we sang, the second verse says that faith finds in Christ whate'er we need to save and strengthen, guide and feed. Strong in the grace, it joys to share his cross, in hope his crown to wear. So it is by faith, but that's the way God works in the church, is that he, he works that way. <clears throat> The title of the message this evening that was assigned to me is For a Bishop Must Be Blameless and is thinking about the, the qualifications. Um, and maybe before we get into that, you know, I stand before you this evening as an imperfect man. I somewhat tremble at the qualifications the Bible lays out that the Scripture holds up for the bishop, the office of bishop. And in humility, I desire you to look at these qualifications, not as a way to criticize the brethren, the leaders, but to discern who you feel is the most qualified. And it's, it's not a... a an opportunity to, to ask for perfection above and beyond what we, we believe humanity can reach. And we know that the Holy Spirit will enable a person to, to live a godly life, and that's what, that's what we want to hold up. On the other hand, the Bible does mean what it says when it, when it holds up the qualifications. and These words were not penned, here in the scriptures, to, as simply good ideas or, or some some ideal that would be held up, but it is it is to be followed. It is it is important truths, important character qualities that um, are to be observed in a leader's life. The other thing I thought about is that that I think we we may be we need to mind the spirit as as they as we think about this and you know maybe sometimes we we want to give somebody more room because of of our thinking is parallel with that brother's thinking and so we got to be open to the mind through the holy spirit's direction you know it's not like the old balance scale where maybe there's a lack in one side but a good trait makes up for it. You know, the Bible does give qualifications. And so, um, tonight, my prayer and my aim is to be be fair and biblical. And I think that's possible. I really do. Because you think about that first song we sang. I thought about that. As we sang, How Gentle God's Commands. That's actually one of my favorite songs. It has become one of my favorite songs, probably within the last five years. If, if I have a favorite song, that one is. And and uh, there's a, there's a phrase in that song that says, That hand which bears all nature up shall guide his children well. Tonight, that's a promise that you have as a congregation that the God that keeps the universe in order and keeps things going, we don't worry about it, we don't fret about it. Tonight, by faith, let's take a hold of that God's hand, and He'll guide His children well. This evening, we'll be looking at um, a leader. As we think about the qualifications, I want to think about a leader first a leader someone has said is defined as who knows the way goes the way and shows the way another thought is that knowledge is important in a leader but it is not enough it is important to live a godly consistent life and be and be capable of instructing others and specifically as we think about the office of bishop i thought it was maybe be good to cover that the bible dictionary it it speaks about a bishop as a as an overseer a spiritual overseer or a director and it and it has the thought in that of an inspector and and maybe that's getting a little bit into the uncomfortable realm that you know we we don't always like to be inspected but it does have that an overseer somebody that that observes and watches and and evaluate, and see, and it's how, how, how is it, how is it performing? Um, Bishop Rick, if you remember in Acts 20, there, Acts 1, verse 20, where the apostles appointed a new apostle, they said, Judas, by transgression fell, let his bishop let another take, and that is specifically an office, talking about the office of a a bishop. And we know that that is biblical. Romans 12, verse 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. And we can think of that word office as function or a responsibility. And that is what we are meaning tonight, is there is a responsibility that one of these brethren will, will take up as, as a bishop and continue to lead the church. And then, as we think about the office, 1 Timothy 3 1 says, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. We think about the call. And I'd like to, first of all, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. And this is where they appointed a new apostle. Acts chapter 1, verse 15 and verse 16. And thinking specifically about the call, the the need, maybe we could call it the need. But Acts 1, verse 15, in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about an hundred and twenty. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. And over in verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from, them, from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And he prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen." That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So simply, just bringing out the, that that the call comes through a need in the congregation, and then the congregation giving forth their names, and then and then the Lord speaking through the voice of the church and through through that process. <clears throat> it's not one that that we are we we can consider the politicians of, of our day and the way government works. It's not a campaign. It's not running for an office that way, but rather it's it's a it's a, a choosing from those that are willing but yet not putting themselves forward. And so we see that. also I thought it was interesting that this, there were some requirements that were here. And one of the, the requirements for this specific ordination was different than when it wasn't for the deacon, seven deacons in Act six, but the requirement here. They said that, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that he was taken up from us. And so, that was part of the the qualifications there, was the experience that was needed. <clears throat> Alright, I'd like to go to Titus chapter 1. We're going to read the qualifications that are given there. And after that, we'll go to 1 Timothy 3. Titus chapter 1, and I believe we'll begin reading in verse 4, and I'm not sure how far we'll read, um, maybe down through verse 11. Titus 1, verse 4, to Titus, my own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, wholly temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, Who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Maybe we'll stop there and then turn over to 1 Timothy 3. The first seven verses here. This is a true saying if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behaviour, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the Church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. And then it goes on and talks about the deacons, which in a lot of ways are are, are the same. Verse 11, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. And... um, Gives a lot of admonition here. Now, I, I didn't think about it till now, and I could have pretty easily done that, but I, I thought about how many things it lists here, and I didn't count them, but there is quite a list that the Bible speaks to the, the qualifications that a, that a bishop should have. And I, <clears throat> I have tried to make it a practice to read these. I don't really have a time frame set, but to read over these qualifications. I, I think it does me good. And But it can look a little bit overwhelming as we think about the highest standard that God has given to to the leaders. And so this evening we want to go through this... <clears throat> I have two categories that I'd like to look at. Uh, The first one is the be not. Things that were not to be. It forbids for a bishop to be this. And the second one is the things to be. So we'll look at the be not first. So it says the be not category. The first one I have is self-willed. And I think we all know what what self-willed means. The will that is pleasing to self and self-pleasing, arrogant, but rather the bishop must not be self-willed, but rather able to cooperate and work humbly humbly in a ministerial team. Displaying self-will even if it is in line with scripture even if the even if the way he promotes is in line with the scripture if it is governed by self will it will be confusing to the church self will is very detrimental in in the life of a leader <clears throat> the next one is soon angry be not soon angry and we can think of being quick tempered and and you get hot under the collar. Sometimes we, we, we talk about that. Angry outburst. it can cause much grief. And how can one govern others if he cannot govern himself? And, and I have, I, 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 that has happened already. There's a lot of, there, there are frustrating things that come sometimes, but a person that is soon angry will lose control of the situation and it will not work out well. Another one is given to wine. There, it just simply means staying near wine. And maybe, maybe we don't have a problem with, with that, given to wine. But where do we go to find relief from the pressures that come? And what do we turn to? And what impact will that have on my effectiveness? Are there vices that I am entangled with? As we think about given to given to wine <clears throat> talks about a striker, no striker, well, somebody that's quarrelsome, somebody that is argumentative, but rather you should be considerate and gentle, not given to filthy lucre we think of of greed and the desire the the push to um, the push for more. And we often think about this in the, in the financial realm and getting gain and so on. <clears throat> Talks about a brawler, no brawler, it says. Do we know what, we, we think about a brawl, a fight, but somebody that loves a fight, you know, is in no good place for, to be a leader. But rather, one that gets along with others. And I thought about, I thought about that. And I, I don't know how your report cards are, but our, our children come home. They bring report card homes, and and there's a mark in there that, that plays well with others. And sometimes there's a negative mark. Sometimes there's a positive mark there, and that's that's. Uh, I think a brawler would be one that'd have a negative mark there, where it wouldn't get along well with others. Covetous, not covetous, wanting what isn't mine, or greedy of gain, greedy of things that aren't that aren't mine. <clears throat> he says not a novice, and that just simply means newly planted. We think of new Christians or somebody with without a lot of experience. And maybe we could say there's nothing spiritually wrong with a novice, but to place them in, that, in a place of responsibility is, he said that the danger is, is that one would be lifted up in pride. And so that's why the Bible qualifications is that if it's not a novice, but one with more experience. All right, we'll leave that and go on to the B category or things that should be. So in Titus there it says to be blameless as a steward of God. And I've often, I just have a, you know, it was one that was hard for me to understand how, and maybe more so understand after I was ordained, but how could a bishop be blameless? And I think I understood it in a lot of ways, but it doesn't mean that a person never makes mistakes. We often confuse that but rather it's, it's nothing that you could get a hold of or nothing outstanding. that, that The relationship with that person, with those around him, are current. There's, there's things taken care of. You know, Jesus was accused. He was accused of a, being a wine-bibber. It doesn't mean that you're never accused of things, but, but rather they don't stick. It's something that's um, free from blame or fault it's unaccused, <clears throat> and I think that's that's the that's the meaning of that. He speaks of a lover of hospitality, and we I think we know what hospitality is, and fond of guests loves to use hospitality and just think of the and you put this in context of helping others, just think about the good Samaritan on the was on the way to Jericho, but the difference between um, the two men that saw a need there that day one was hospitable, the other one was not and I think that sums up this this thought of a lover of hospitality. he likes to help people and and give of his, of his time that way. <clears throat> Speaks of lover of good men. He should be a lover of good men. Fond of, of, of men that have virtue and are stable. That will influence him in the right direction. And we think of, of counselors. The people that, that um, we ask counsel from. A lover of good men. You know, there's so much today that we can get counsel and advice from such a broad range of, of, uh, of people. But here he says it needs to be a lover of good men, promoter of virtue. <clears throat> Must be sober, self-controlled. And I found it interesting that as I looked into this word sober that it actually means moderate in opinion or passion. Now it doesn't mean that there's no opinion. It doesn't mean there's no passion. But he's discreet. There is moderate. There's there's a, there's a leaving up to the Holy Spirit direction and subjecting my my will and my flesh under that. <clears throat> it says they must be just. And we think of that word as equitable. That's the that's the one of the meanings. Um, not wild swings. You know, sometimes we hear stories of of leaders that come down really hard on on uh, issues, but three weeks later, enough time went by that it didn't matter anymore. And but being just and fair is is important, predictable. And I I remember at. At my ordination, my bishop ordination, that the bishop that was leading out in his kind of his final admonition, he said, "Remember three things." He said, "Be fair, be firm, be friendly." And I think that's that's true in a lot of ways. Of being just and and uh, I've often thought about that. <clears throat> Talks about being holy. It must be holy. Well, we know what holy is—separate from sin. The Apostle Paul said in Acts twenty four sixteen: "Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and toward men." And you know that—that is—that is easy to neglect. That is, and sometimes we have to go back and we have to clear things up. And and um, but I think it's important we remember that that. That one of the qualifications is holy. <clears> he <throat> it says it must be temperate, self-controlled, one that has rule over his own self, his own desires. And even beyond that, maybe there are things that are lawful to do but are not expedient to do. A temperate person will, will be expedient and think thoughtful of, of others. He says it must hold fast the word. Being rooted and grounded in truth, and it, it has some interesting words following that. He said, "As he has been taught, and and I think there is there is a foundational aspect to this that that it's not new ideas that I sat down and tried to come up with, but it's but it's a it's a grounded in uh, men that have went before that have helped to." Um, to teach him and passing on the faith. And it's it's a a sound doctrine by sound doctrine is the second one, is able to exhort and to stop the vain talkers and deceivers. But holding fast the word. You also must be the husband of one wife, and we know not only in marriage, but in heart, no question about moral purity. It speaks about the children and those that are in the home. If they are unruly, <clears throat> it speaks about that. Vigilant, watchful, and alert. And we think of a of a of a flock of sheep on a hillside, and the shepherd watching for danger there. The, and the word vigilant can fit into that scene as we think about darkness coming and and uh, making sure all the sheep are there and taking care of them and, and uh, watching the ones that tend to stray away, watching the ones that may be weak, those that may be injured, vigilant in that, and watching for the wolves that, that could come out of the shadows and the dangers that alert, or maybe the the dangerous crossings that are coming up. It's watchful and alert. Keeping one's eyes peeled is, the, is another, another definition of that. One that is spiritually settled and alert to modern threats to the church. Vigilant. Say says he must be of good behavior, orderly and predictable. Conduct suitable to the responsibility of good behavior. He says he must be apt to teach. And we think about, about that little word "apt," and sometimes we say that yeah, well, if this happens, then likely this is going to happen, and that's a little bit what the word "apt" means—that that, that it, it's it's tended, it's most likely going to happen. This and there's a there's a gift there, and and I like to tie that back in a little bit to some of the other qualifications where if a man is holy, if he's sober, if he's blameless, if he's temperate, he holds fast the word, the things that that man is apt to teach are going to be beneficial to the church. And it's amazing how some some people, maybe even some very quiet people, have Things to say about things they are interested in. Maybe they can be really, really quiet in a conversation until it comes around to hunting or to some sports. Then they have a lot to contribute. But what am I apt to teach? Like what? What? What am I teaching? What? What? What do I have to talk about? You know, that's important to think about that in in qualification. <clears throat> Say must be patient. And I don't know if this is true or not. I I wrote down. I, I maybe think more about it, but it's probably the most tested. I don't know, but it's one of the higher up ones, probably is patience. But when a when you see the path repeated and others starting on the path that gets repeated the patience and you know the criticism the 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 tests that come you know a man that is not patient and able to endure that will only make matters worse it only ends up in worse situation than than um, patiently listening and and Helping somebody through that. But we must be patient. That's a qualification. says this must have a good report from those without or those that are outside of the church. What about the reputation in the community? Respect in business relationships and so on. And I think we can get a feel for that. I think if there's a lot of negative... um, Stories going around within well, that that should raise a concern in my study and I came across somebody writing where they said that the Greek philosopher who lived in the time of Paul described the ideal commander to be general in the army this way, and i didn 't write down everything. I wrote down some of what he said, but I found it interesting that. <clears throat> That they wanted a commander in the army, the highest, maybe one of the highest officials in the, in the army. He says this I believe then that we must choose a general not because of noble birth, as priests are chosen, nor because of wealth, as the superintendents of the gymnasia, but because he is temperate, self restrained, vigilant, frugal, hardened to labor, alert, free from avarice neither too young nor too old, indeed a father of children if possible, a ready speaker and a man with good reputation. The general must be temperate in order that he may not be so distracted by the pleasures of the body as to neglect the considerations of matters of the highest importance. He must be self-restrained, since he is to be a man of so great authority. For the licentious impulses, when combined with the authority which confers the power of action, become uncontrollable in the gratification of the passions. Pardon to labor that he may not be the first, but the last of the army to grow weary. And I think there's throughs there to consider as we think about the qualifications of a, of a bishop. <clears throat> well, I would like to yet talk about enablement you know we the Bible holds a very high bar. And of ourselves we we feel unworthy, unattainable to that. But Paul speaking to Timothy, Timothy was a young bishop. And and I don't know what their conversation was, I can I can imagine a little bit. I I have had some long conversations with elderly bishop that helped me I don't know if they were like that or not. But maybe he was a little overwhelmed. But Paul gave a testimony of his enablement, and I'd like to read those verses in 1 Timothy 1. If you're still there, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1, and we'll just break in in verse 11. wasn't sure where to start, but I think verse 11 on will will be where we read. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now remember, this is Paul talking, and he's writing to Timothy. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting." Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. But I'd like to just consider here the enabling that Paul testified of. Yes, it's a big responsibility. Yes, the qualifications are, are serious. They are biblical. But I do not want to close without talking about the enabling that God gives to those. And as you seek God's leading, don't hold up your pet qualifications. They all are important, and in my in my Bible in the front, um, I have written there that God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. And I pondered that, and I, I'm not. I wrote that after I was ordained, and that's the way I felt. And I, yeah. I'm not sure what to say about all that because I do believe that qualifications are important, but there is a certain amount of truth to the fact that God does enable a person, and so um, those that are called to fulfill an, an office in the church, God does enable, and I'd like I'd like to give that encouragement and and. There's a saying also where the finger of God points. His hand will be there to provide. And, and that's the enabling part of it. And when we, we take our responsibility, <clears throat> as a you as a brotherhood do that, and God works through the steps. God can bless the work. And I like the way Paul says that, where he thanks Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me. And then, then verse 14, And the grace of our Lord Lord, was exceeding abundant. And that's the, the testimony he had of the responsibility. So I'd just like to give you that encouragement that you seek the Lord's face in prayer and in fasting and in, in what God's will, what He wants to be done, and uh, God will lead you in that.